Welcome to another episode of Werewolf the Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Josh Heath. Today we are doing a short story hooks episode. These are story hooks that I wrote up about Pentex using some of the information from subsidiaries, a guide to Pentex. One of them is going to be using ideas from the book, but going in a different different direction, taking some different things and not focusing on what the book gives us, but the ideas the book provides. So that story hook is about Thomas Stream House Sales. A developer in the housing market has begun construction on a series of mid-scale single-family homes in an area where many kinfolk live or want to live. It's close to several of the schools in the area, and the developer has encouraged the construction of multiple shopping areas, a large grocery store, and a massive playground. At least four kinfolk families have moved into this new housing area, and all seems well. However, a powerful fetish was inadvertently stored below the floorboards of one of the uh, of one family's former home. And no one in the SEP seems to be aware of this because the previous owner died in an attack against a black spiral hive more than a decade ago. That owner has also passed along a fetish key to the box they stored their fetish in. And that key has started glowing. The young kinfolk with the key has approached the pack with a request to help figure out why is this thing glowing? What does it mean? And hopefully to help create a plan to do whatever it needs doing. However, the key only works for the kinfolk, only glows for them, and the spirit attached is particularly stubborn and refuses to provide any details to any Geru that attempt to pry information from it in any normal way that they would do so. Eventually, the pack can learn the spirit is specifically attached to a storage box at the former home of the kinfolk family. However, that home was purchased by Thomas Stream Home Sales, the same developer of the new housing area. They have claimed they're purchasing land and homes in that area specifically to clear way for another one of their new developments, which on the surface seems valid. All the paperwork looks right. Everything seems on the level. However, There are guards on site for each property for some reason. Heavily armed guards. A pair of construction movers are working their way carefully through each home, pulling them apart, piece by piece, little by little, looking for something. They weren't told exactly what they were looking for, but they they were told they would know it when they found it. Thomas Stream Homes is a subsidiary of Carson Holding, which is owned in proxy by the CEO of Endron Oil. The Black Spiral Hive, where the Geru who owned the fetish died, kept him alive for longer than expected, prying information from him in all the ways that they have to do that. One thing they discovered was that he had left a fetish in the home of some of his kin, but didn't tell anyone where exactly. This information was locked in a book, stored in the hive until recently, when a young BSD kinfolk, the head manager of Thomas Stream Development, ran across it. The pack has multiple angles in this situation to uncover before taking any specific action. If they attack the houses without care, 
they're likely to have them, you know, have to then dismantle the houses on their own to find the fetish or even, you know, just dig through everything to try and find any information about where this thing is or even what it is that exactly they're looking for. Making things even more difficult, the fetish box will only open for the key holder, that kinfolk we mentioned before. The box is also tagged with a powerful spirit who will attack anyone, even Garu, who attempt to break in without using the key. If you want, you can also make that spirit worm-tainted or weaver-tainted by its connection to having been in a home and electrical systems or something like that. You can do lots of different things with it, but this has been buried for a while. Some bad things could have happened to that spirit in particular. To use this story hook, there are a couple of key NPCs that I have in mind. The first is head manager of Thomas Stream, Dylan Chad, a BSD kinfolk with an MBA, MBA and a can-do attitude. Molly Partridge, a kinfolk whose relative left her with the key to the fetish box. And Maggie Partridge, her mother, who used to own the home but doesn't remember anyone burying anything in her house and has odd memory gaps about interactions with her Garu relatives and things like that, which adds other questions to the situation. Why doesn't she remember? What is it that was taken from her if there was memory alteration done? Who was that memory alteration done by? Was it done by the Garu? Was it done by someone else? Does she actually know more than she realizes? All kinds of layers that you can dig into and play with in this story. I want to thank Dove, who is a player in our patron game for the podcast for helping inspire this idea, this um, general concept that I am leaning on for this particular story hook. That brings us to our second story hook, which I know I said in the last episode that Black Dog games you can't really do too much with, but here is a pitch where I'm going to try and do a little bit of satire and pitch something that I think could work as a story idea for a Black Dog Game Factories game. So, in 2015, Black Dog Game Factories was purchased from its Icelandic owners by a company called Pretension Games. They recently released Revenant the Ravishing, 5th edition. And this was released to lots of excitement and interest, and there were people all over the place who were just like, yeah, we get to have our game back. But there were some concerns, frustrations, and some design decisions that left some fans unimpressed and unexcited and a little insulted about what happened with Revenant the Ravishing. But there is a popular streaming game, San Diego by Moonlight, that is ST'd by Jimmy Cole, a brand manager for the World of Shadow team. The World of Shadow is now the head and face of the former Black Dog Game books. Um, They've recently recently released Lycanthropy the Rapture, its first video game called Lycanthropy Skybrains, which is a mix of 
uh, text-based choose-your-own-adventure, and then uh, moments of first-person or third-person um, combat game. It's a weird mix of text, go through, go through, figure out some information, and then suddenly you are in lupine form, running through a, a field, and then you have to shift to Krynaus and kill a bunch of people, and it has had mixed reviews, but, you know, it's exciting that finally Lycanthropy gets an actual video game that they've wanted for so long. Um, so, as I mentioned before, Black Dog Game Factories is officially no more. They were absorbed into pretension games after issues with the launch of Revenant, okay? And rumors have it that one of the developers was eaten by an orca off the coast of Norway in the wake of those incidences. Um, you know, when you have some issues with proper proofreading, editing, and development oversight, orcas just sometimes reach out from the water and eat you. Um, oddly enough, the orca is not under investigation for the murder of the developer. No one is particularly sure why. Um, in partnership with Watch, which is a streaming video service popularized by actual play video games and tabletop role-playing games, San Diego by Moonlight is the second most popular RPG streaming game. It's pretty exciting. People love it. Um, the first is run by a company connected to Magicians of the Bay, but let's forget about them for now. As part of this game... Pentex has fed advertisements for subsidiaries that they have, both big and small, as part of the marketing outreach of the show. Jimmy Cole wears a specific brand of Magadon eyeshadow, which he promotes in every episode. Uh, one of the players, Alina Ogawa, wears a faux leather jacket that is made by a subsidiary of Endron called Original Pleather. And the list of promotions and Pentex ads built into it goes on. Uh, the stream has become so popular with a large segment of the 15 to 22-year-old market who think that Revenant is so retro, uh, and they appear to be kickstarting a resurgence of the grunge, goth-punk aesthetic portrayed in these old-school games. That's school spelled with a K. Um, of course, some younger kids also watch it by accident, but... What can you do in these situations? Several college-aged kinfolk, so this is where we get into the kind of the story hook idea here, um, have gotten into Black Dog game books. Partly because of the stream, and partly because several of the older Garu of the Cairn used to be big fans of the games and have passed their books onto the next generation of gamers who have time for that sort of thing. Of course, the Garu don't have time for games anymore. They have to go out and kill things and save Gaia. In the process, though, these kinfolks have accidentally summoned a series of Banes who are very, very smart, very, very careful, and very, very patient. They are slowly infiltrating, changing the minds, you know, corrupting these youth and these banes are ancient at least in gaming terms having come into existence in the heady days of black dog's massive popularity in the 90s they are you know slowly convincing the kinfolk through mind magics and things like that that the grunge goth punk scene was both cool then and that edgy sort of attitude and way of speaking and thinking is totally acceptable still. Uh, like, nothing has changed in the last 30 years. 
those specific banes are also designed to activate other harmful reactions within Magadon products, like Jimmy Cole's eyeliner, which he promotes so heavily on his stream, or the wooden dice rolling boxes that are promoted on the stream, or the um, Amazonian wood that is used for the storyteller screen that uh, Jimmy Cole uses on set. Um, all of these different things have banes embedded within them that are activated by being around Black Dog Games books, or I should say World of Shadows books as they are known now, um, making things even worse. One of the banes is also connected to Minotaur and knows pieces of the right required to become a skin dancer and is slowly feeding those to the kinfolk. So the question is here, will the pack or the sept in general discover this slow taint before it's too late? Will this group of kinfolk youth try and become skin dancers before the Garu can react? Will the World of Shadows release Lycanthropy the Rapture 5th edition in time for them to realize that bits and pieces of actual Garu lore are embedded in that game. We'll have to see. These are just a couple of different story hook ideas, some concepts, uh, and again, some satire um, about the current state of the World of Darkness. I hope folks enjoy this little mini episode. If you like me just kind of talking to the microphone and doing these things, let me know. I will look at doing them a little bit more and of course continue to do episodes with wonderful guests and things like that i know people generally enjoy having longer episodes and i can only talk for so long before i get bored listening to myself talk so until we finally get an answer to the question of when will you rage i will talk to you again next time